And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man, Bungie? Let's call. I'm at him at the laundry, man. Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, David Bryan stars as Mr. District Attorney from 1952. Then it's part one of The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern from 1950. Normally, I would be saying hello to Lisa Wolf, but she's off this week. So we're going to go right into Mr. District Attorney. It came to radio in 1939 and focused on a crusading DA named Paul Garrett. Created, written, and directed by former law student Ed Byron, the series was inspired by the early years of New York Governor Thomas E. Dewey. It was Dewey's public war against racketeering, which led to his election as governor and enabled him to run for the presidency of the United States. Phillips H. Lord, the creator of Gangbusters, helped Byron develop the concept and coined the title. Dwight Wiest, Diane Wiest's dad, was radio's first Mr. District Attorney. With the help of his sidekick, Len Harrington, and his secretary, Edith Miller, Mr. District Attorney proved each week to be champion of the people, guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Raymond Edward Johnson, Jay Jostin, and David Bryan also played Mr. D.A. over the run. Near the end of its radio run in the early 1950s, the series made a transition to television with the current radio cast reprising their roles. All right, it's time now for Mr. District Attorney. This is from July 11, 1952. It's called The Case of the Joyride Murder, and it stars David Bryan. Here's part one of Mr. District Attorney. Mr. District Attorney, starring David Bryan. Mr. District Attorney, champion of the people, defender of truth, guardian of our fundamental rights to life, Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And it shall be my duty as district attorney not only to prosecute to the limit of the law all persons accused of crimes perpetrated within this county, but to defend with equal vigor the rights and privileges of all its citizens. And now, here is our star, David Bryan, as Paul Garrett, Mr. District Attorney. A district attorney never knows what hour of the day or night his phone is going to ring with a crime report. The call in this particular case came at night. About an hour after a boy and girl drove down the main street of a small town on the outskirts of the city. That car still behind us? No, he kept right in the highway. What are you so jumpy about? The way he was tagging us, I thought it might be a police car. You are getting chicken, ain't you, Chuck? I just ain't looking for a trip back to the reform school, that's all. Oh, stop worrying. No one even knows this car's stolen yet. <laughs> That's what you say. Well, how can it be? You saw the owner going to the movies. It wasn't more than an hour ago. He couldn't be out yet. Okay, Ruby, okay. Fine, joyride. Can't even stop to eat or go dancing or anything. I ain't got any money. You, uh, didn't have no car either when we started. 
You ain't like you used to be, Chuck. We used to have lots of fun. Until you turned chick. Don't you go calling me that. I... I ain't got a gun, that's all. I got one, Chuck. Right here in my purse. Oh. Where'd you get that? Lifted it from my old man. There's a grocery store ahead. See the sign? I see it. Can't have fun without any money. But it, it, it's almost ten o'clock. The place must be closed. If it was closed, this sign wouldn't be lit. Gonna stop her, ain't you? Sure, I'm gonna stop. <sighs> see? Storekeeper's still in there. No customers can see him through the window. Counting up money from the cash register. <sighs> Ought to be a lot of it, Chuck. Saturday night. Stay here. Keep the motor running. Give me the gun. Oh, will he come in with you? You what? Let me come, Chuck. I can handle the gun. You crazy? Suppose he's got a gun, too. Always an old man. He'd be scared stiff. Chuck, let me. Well, you better not get rattled. Look who's talking. You're coming, or ain't you? All right, I'm coming. But be careful. I always wanted to do something like this. Evening. Hello. Hi. I'm just getting ready to close. Heard your car pulled up outside. Thought it was my wife coming to get me. What can I do for you? Just hand over that money you can. Now, why don't you youngsters just run along before you get into trouble? We ain't running any place, mister. Now, you just get... Where'd you get that gun? I made it out of old bottle tops, stupid. Turn around. Put your hands up and stand there against those bottles. Get the money, Chuck. Here. You're going to be sorry about this when, when you see the inside of a jail. Thanks for telling us. Because here's something you're going to be sorry about right now. Uh, uh, Ruby! Ruby, why did you do it? I wanted to. Oh, come on, come on. we got to get out of here. Oh, of course. Let me pick up that broken glass. You're afraid, ain't you, Chuck? Stop looking back at him. Let's go. I didn't know if I'd have the nerve, but I did. I did. I always wondered what it would be like, Chuck. I always wondered. Hello, Harrington. Oh, oh, hello, Chief. Sorry I had to spoil your party, but I thought... Oh, that's what I get paid for. What's that smell? Salad oil dressing with garlic. Victim fell against the display when he was shot. Broke quite a few bottles. Hmm. Is he the owner of the store? Yeah. Name's Malcolm Barnes. Wife found him just like he is, uh, just before 10 p.m. She probably saw the getaway car. Green convertible pulled away just as she got here. You have everything photographed? Yeah. Lab squad just left. Robbery motive? Looks that way. Cash register was rifled. Oh, uh, watch out for the broken glass, Chief. Floor's a bit slippery. Oil in the dressing, I guess. Mm, shot through the back three times. You or any of the squad walked through this stuff? No. No, Chief. Why? Stain marks leading toward the door as though somebody walked through this mess. No, I was careful to see that nothing was touched, Chief. You're the first one to be that close to the body. You're certain of that? Well, I was the first one here after his wife called. You got a flashlight? Uh, yeah. Let's have a look outside. Stains lead right to the door, all right. Lucky I told the men to keep the crowd back across the street. Yeah. Flash the light down here. Yeah. 
Yep. Same stains on the sidewalk. Runs right out here to the curb. Whoever killed him had some of that garlic oil on their shoes, all right. I don't suppose the dead man's wife got the license number of that green convertible she saw. No, no. She didn't know there was any reason for it until she got inside and saw what happened. You want to talk to her? Yes. You send her home? No, not to her own place. Went with the neighbor. She's a pretty old woman, she said. No, she's taking it pretty hard. Well, better let her rest in the morning. Is there a phone inside? Uh, yeah. Hey, I have a pay station on the wall there. I'll wait out my car. Miller? Yeah? This is Mr. Garrett. Oh, Mr. Garrett. Sorry if I've awakened you. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Garrett. It is an odd time to call, though. It's after midnight. Well, I am sorry, but I'm out near the county line. It'll take me some while to get into the office, and I need somebody there to handle some reports I'll be asking for. Oh, I see. You'd like me to go into the office? If it isn't too much of an imposition. Not at all. Well, I should be in in about, oh, an hour or so. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Oh, well, Chief, I was just coming in after you. Find something? Well, I don't know. The squad car just picked up a call from radio division. Somebody from the West End in town reported his car stolen while he was in the movies. What about it? Nothing, maybe. But the car was a green convertible. Call the radio division back. Tell them I want every squad in the city alerted to find that car. Hi, Miss Miller. No, Mr. Garrett's been waiting for you. Yeah, what time is it? 3.20 a.m. Boy, am I beat. No, that's the life of a DA's assistant for you. We never sleep. On behalf of stenographers, accept my sympathy. Anything on that car yet? No. Yes, Mr. Garrett? Have you heard from Harrington yet? He just came in. Be right in, Chief. He's hot tonight. I got held up at ballistics, Chief, waiting for the report. All right. What have you got? Well, the gun was a thirty-eight caliber police special. Oh, that's too common to do us much good. You speak to the owner of the stolen car? Yeah. This story is straight enough. Left the car, went to a movie. Alone? Yeah, but he had his ticket stuff. Knew what the picture was all about. When he came out, he stopped for a hamburger, went for his car, and found it missing. You check him for a record? Yeah. Nothing on him. Carpenter. Good job. Works steady. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, better take the ballistics report down to gun records. See if they can come up with anything. All right. Excuse me. Yes, Miss Miller? There's a Sergeant Corbett from the 12th Precinct on the line. They found that stolen car. Put him on. Hello, Corbett. We've got that car, Mr. Garrett. Did you get the driver, too? No, sir. We found a band. Where? On the west end, about half a mile from the theater it was stolen from. Half a mile. Any way of telling how far it was driven? No, sir. Anything to indicate it might have been used for that killing out near the county line? Only what you told us to watch out for, sir. There are a few light oil stains on the floor, Matt. Not motor oil, either. There's the smell of garlic. That's what I wanted, Corbett. What's your location? 7th, Roxbury Terrace. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Sounds good. It is. Come on. You listening? Yes, sir. 
Then you know where I'll be. Use radio division for contact. What about this ballistics report? Give it to Miss Miller. Take it on the gun records. See if they have any ideas. Yes, sir. And call the garage for a car. Tell them we're on our way down. Yes, sir. Uh, this is the car, just as we found it, Mr. Guys. It seems we're not going to get any fingerprints from that steering wheel, not with that cloth cover on it. Might get something from the dashboard or the inner door handles, but I don't know. Not often you pick up good prints on a car. Let me have your flashlight, honey. Uh, here, here you go. All the garlic? Yes. Comes from the stains on the mat. Something else in here, too. Piece of cleansing tissue. Watch that on it. Lipstick? Yeah. You just caught a flesh or something else. Turn the light. What is it? This. No bobby pin. Lipstick is rather light shade, too. Still, I might have had a woman with him. Probably a blonde. Bobby pins and tissue might belong to the owner's wife or his girl. I doubt that, Crawford. What makes you say that, Harrington? I saw the owner and his wife, Chief, remember? What about it? Woman's a brunette. Got one of those modern short hairdos. Not enough hair left to use a bobby pin. When we kill that storekeeper, may wind up with a short haircut, too. I don't get you, Mr. Garrett. He means they cut it pretty short in the death house before they go to the chair. The storekeeper had been robbed and killed near the county line. But the crime had been committed in an automobile, stolen from and returned to the West End section of town indicating that the killer lived somewhere in that section. The lipstick stain and bobby pin indicated a blonde woman accomplice. The leads were flimsy and not very hopeful until we got back to the office. Oh, Mr. Garrett, I was just trying to reach you through radio division. Something come up? That ballistics report you told me to take down to gun records? Yes. Well, Tommy Manuelo just called from down there. Came across something he thought you might want to look into. What? Well, I've got it written down here. A man named Jim Hammer filed a report with Central Division last night just before midnight. Said a gun had been stolen from his house. What caliber? Same as a murder weapon. 38 police special. That could be something, Chief. Yes, I think. Did this Jim Hammer have his gun registered? Yes, here's the serial number and his permit number. Where does he live? Over in the West End. That ties in with the stolen car. It certainly does. You'd better go downstairs, Harrington. Check this hammer for a record. I already did that, Mr. Garrett. Well, good work, Miss Miller. We have nothing on him, not in the criminal file, but there's something in special police records. You mean he's a cop? Night watchman at the Finney Aircraft Plant. As a matter of fact, he told Central Division he found the gun missing when he was getting ready to go to work last night. Couldn't find it in the drawer he usually keeps it in. What time is it now? Oh, oh uh, almost 11 a.m., Chief. You know Hammerall's address? Yes, 214... Let's get downstairs before they send that car back to the garage, Arrington. Knock again, Harrington. There's somebody home, all right. There's a vacuum cleaner going in there. You probably can't hear you. Lean over the rail, rap on the window. Okay. Yep, there's a young girl in there. Got a towel wrapped around her head, cleaning up. Oh, miss. Hey, miss. That did it. She's coming. 
Yes? I'd like to speak to Jim Hammer, please. He ain't home. You know where we can find him? Working. Over at the ballpark. I thought he was the night watchman at the Finney Aircraft. Yeah, but he works at the ballpark, too, when they play Sunday home games. You look kind of young. You're, uh, you're not his wife, are you? No, I'm his daughter, Ruby Hammer. Well, thank you, miss. Uh, can I, uh, give me a message or anything? No, we'll go over to the ballpark and talk to him. Well, uh, can I tell him what it's about? You know, in case you happen to miss him or something. It's all right, miss. We'll make sure to see him. Goodbye. Bye. Well, what do you think, Chief? I'll know better when Hammer tells us about that stolen gun. If it was stolen. Home team warming up on the field. They need it. <laughs> Home team always does. What section did they say Hammer was on? Grandstand B, just up ahead. Oh, there's a man in uniform now. Hey, officers. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you for a minute. Your name Jim Hammer? Yeah. I'm Paul Garrett, district attorney. Oh, well, where you sit, Mr. Garrett, I'll get you some cushions. We're not here to see the game, Hammer. This is business. I understand you had a gun stolen from your home last night. Oh, that. Police shouldn't have called the district attorney under a thing like that. It makes me feel kind of silly. What do you mean? Well, uh, the gun wasn't stolen at all. I guess I just didn't look sharp enough last night. I found it this morning, but in a different drawer from where I usually keep it. That gun you're carrying, right there in your holster? Yeah, that's it. You mean to say you just took a look in one drawer last night and reported the gun stolen without being sure? Well, I was sure last night. I was late for work and in a hurry. Guess I just overlooked it, that's all. How come you didn't let the police know you found it? Well, I suppose I should have. I, I didn't think there was no rush. Besides, what's the harm? It's my gun, ain't it? Yeah, move in between these two posts. Why? Do as he says, Hammer. Now, I'll have a look at that gun. All right. Don't I... you pull it. Just turn around. I'll take it myself. Okay, okay. Yeah. When did you fire this gun last, Hammer? I can't even remember the last time. I ain't had any call to fire. No, huh? Yeah. Smell this, Chief. It's been used all right. Not too long ago. You're crazy, I tell you. I, I ain't fired that gun in months. Somebody has. Replaced the cartridges, but didn't clean it. You'd better come with us, Hammer. Come with you? Where? To the county building. So we check on a few things. Check on what? Hammer, a storekeeper named Barnes was killed last night out near the county line. He was shot three times through the back with a 38 police special. Are you saying I did it? I, I wasn't nowhere near county line last night. We know you filed a stolen gun report about midnight. But where were you between 9 and 11 o'clock last night? I was home sleeping. My daughter can tell you that. My... Go ahead, Hammer. What are you stopping for? My... My daughter wasn't home. I... I, I just remembered. She... she was out when I got up to go to work. Then nobody saw you between 9 and 11. No. Nobody. But I was home, Mr. Garrett. You, you gotta believe me. And that gun ain't been fired. You're poor wrong. You've got nothing to worry about. Just come along. You want me to take this gun to ballistics, Chief? Yes. Have them test fire it to compare the slugs with the ones taken out of the body. If this is the murder weapon, they'll know it. I tell you, it can't be. A lab doesn't make mistakes, Hammer. As a matter of fact, if you're telling the truth, there's a little test you can volunteer to take. The Fennelman test. Well, well what's that? 
Just a matter of pouring a chemically treated wax on your hand. When they peel it off, it will show traces of nitrate if you fired a gun recently. I haven't, I tell you. I heard you. But I'd like to hear it from a police technician, just to be sure. And that's the first portion of Mr. District Attorney from July 11, 1952, with a case of the Joyride murder starring David Bryan. We'll get back to it in a few minutes. Hey, Mike Costello, see what I got here? Look what I'm holding up. Ah, your Remind magazine. This is actually the October issue of Remind magazine. And on the cover is uh, The Bride of Frankenstein, because this is all about ghouls and uh, goblins. And I wrote an article in this particular issue of Remind magazine about Boris Karloff and his radio work. Because my article is called, uh, it's called Radio 360. So I write about uh, celebrities and what they did on radio. So I did an article on Boris Karloff. Now, the next issue is about space. The November issue is about space, which I took up a lot of in college. Yep, I heard that. And uh, I talk about the War of the Worlds on that one. So you should uh, check this magazine out, folks. It's called Remind Magazine. And it's really America's most, uh, it's, it's, a, it's America's best magazine about nostalgia because each month Remind focuses on pop culture and nostalgia, uh, from the 1950s through the 1980s. And you can get a subscription to Remind magazine for about 60% off the newsstand price. Now you can get this magazine at any Barnes and Noble store across the country, but if you go to their website, which is remindmagazine.com, remindmagazine.com. You could learn all about the magazine and get a subscription for about 60% off the news price. That's because I write an article in the magazine. They wanted to do that for our listeners. That's a pretty good deal, I must say. Very good. It's actually a pretty fun magazine because now I get it myself, and it's actually kind of a cool way for me to learn a little bit about the history. Yeah, and there's all kinds of... There's like uh, puzzles and games and crossword puzzles. It's really great. So check it out, folks. Remind Magazine. You will not be sorry. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. This is Hollywood 360 across the country on about 180 radio stations. I'm your host, and uh, to my left, the great Mike Estella, who is the executive producer and all-around uh, good guy for this show. And Sam Wolf is our engineer. And uh, hey, Sam, uh, he's not in the studio right now, but I want to say hi to Sam as well. And Lisa Wolf is on vacation this week, I guess. Yeah, I right? don't think she's on vacation. What I think she she's doing? on a photo shoot or something she's like doing, that. Yeah, she's probably, there wasn't enough photos at the website of her, so she had to uh, book the whole week to get more photos. Yep. She doesn't want to disappoint her uh, fan base Not of millions and millions. I want to remind all of our listeners that we have uh, a website for this radio show. It's Hollywood360radio.com. There's all kinds of stuff at that website, including a podcast. So if you miss this show, and many of our stations don't carry all four hours of Hollywood 360. Some carry one hour, two, three, or four. And so we decided to put a podcast of the show up at our website. And we do that every Monday. So you can hear the previous week's Hollywood 360 show on Monday. So you go there, and there's the four hours of the show uninterrupted. 
And then you also get a bonus hour of classic radio that we don't normally air on the uh, on the airwave. So you can get four hours of Hollywood 360 plus a bonus hour at our Hollywood 360 podcast. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com. We also have a Facebook page, right, Mike? Absolutely. Just hop on the Facebook, Hollywood 360 Radio. All right. And there you can find pictures of people that uh, they send in pictures of their kitty cats. They do. And you can send in a picture of your kitty cat because our sponsor is Cat's Pride. And Cat's Pride uh, has a contest where we give away a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter to one of our listeners. So just send in a picture of your cat or you and your cat along with your city and state and email it to catspridephoto at gmail.com. Photo at gmail.com. And then once a month, the CEO of Cat's Pride, Dan Chaffee, he comes in the studio and we take all of the pictures, put them in a hat, and he draws one lucky winner. And that winner wins a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. And we do this every month. So if you don't win this month, just send that picture again next month. Yeah, absolutely. Do that. Cat's Pride, just send it to catspridephoto at gmail.com. All right, let's get back now to Mr. District Attorney. No point in wearing yourself out, Hammond. Might as well sit down. How can I sit down? What are you keeping me for? You heard what the lab man said. My hands are clean. Wasn't no nitrate on them. If we get a negative report on your gun when Harney comes in, you can go. He, he, he is be... now. All right. Tell him. Tell him so I can get out of here, will you? What I'm going to tell him isn't going to get you out of here, Hammond. There are the comparative photo blowups of the slugs, Chief. Well, what are you saying? In plain English, your gun's been identified as the murder weapon, Mr. Hammer. That's a lie. You weren't in bed sleeping at 10 o'clock last night. You were cruising around county line in a stolen car, and there was a woman with you. That ain't so, Mr. Gard. I, I, I swear it ain't so. You'd better tell us the truth, Hammer, because we'll check out every statement you make. You go around with a blonde woman. The only blonde woman I ever went around with was my wife, and she died six years ago. That gun was missing from my house last night, then. It, it must have been. Somebody must have taken it, then put it back again. Oh, sure. Come outside a minute, Harrington. <laughs> Watch up. I think he's telling the truth. Oh, jeez. His wife was a blonde. She's dead. And his daughter isn't. You mean the girl we saw this morning? She had a dust towel wrapped around her head. Her hair could be any color. Let's ask him. How old is your daughter, Hammer? Eighteen. She favor you or your wife? Like, like her mother used to be, I guess. Look. What are you asking about her for? Was she out with you any place last night? No, no. She was out on a date. With who? How should I know? All I know is she wouldn't get in no trouble. I've heard parents say that same thing in a hundred courtrooms. First you tried to pin this thing on me. Now it's my daughter. Are you crazy? She's only a kid! She's also a blonde and she also had access to your gun. No ordinary thief would take it away and then return it. You accuse her and I'll... Take it easy, mister. Take it easy if you want this arm in one piece. Let him go, Hangan. Come on, Hammer. We're going out to your house. Chief. Come here a minute. What? High heel shoes in the closet here. Oil stain on them. Hmm. A little of that garlic smell, too. Oh, and I found this in the pocket of the girl's coat. Amusement park picture of her with some boy. Let me see that picture. Why? What's the matter? 
Don't you remember this boy, Harrington? Yeah. Yeah, sure. We sent him to reform school three years ago. Uh, Chuck Allenby, Grand Theft Auto. My, my daughter wouldn't go out with anybody like that. Oh, of course not, Hammer. She just got a habit of posing for pictures with people she wouldn't go out with. Almost midnight. I, they ought to be going to the aircraft tonight. Not tonight, Hammer. Put all the lights out, Harrington. We'll wait for Miss Hammer to come home. Somebody coming down the street, Chief. I hear him. I don't think you're at work, Hammer. They may come in, so keep quiet. Understand? Yes. Yes. Quiet. I can't see nothing, Ruby. How about a light? You ain't standing long enough to need one. I had all you I can stand. Well, what did I do now? What's a good head of money being going to spend it? Well, can't you wait a while? I ain't even got a job. I start spending money. People are going to wonder where I got it. All right. But I ain't waiting. I can go out with somebody else. Some of you's got a car every night. I ain't afraid to get one. Ruby. Ruby, <laughs> shut up. Who's that? <laughs> Let go of that door, Chuck. I almost went ah! Who are these guys? What are you home for? They're after him. The, the thief. Quiet, Hammer. I didn't do nothing. I... Let me go. Hold oh, still. Yeah. Quite a roll of bills for a boy who isn't working. I found it. Where, Chuck? In the cash register out near the county line? Yep, you killed the storekeeper? So that's why you wanted my father's gun. What? what? To tell him, Ruby. If he had my gun, tell him. Last night, he wanted to borrow it. Just fun, he said. Then he stole a car and he made me go with him out the county line. I, I didn't know what he was going to do. She's lying. I didn't shoot him. She did. She's only a little girl. You can prove he did it, Mr. Garrett. Give him the same test he gave me on his hands. Give it to both of them. What? What kind of test? They pour wax on your hands, honey. It can tell if you fired a gun. Ruby. Went into her father's bedroom. Break it in, Harrington. I... I can't find it. If you're looking for your father's gun, you'll see it later, Ruby. Down at police headquarters. I didn't mean that. I didn't want to hurt anybody. I got scared when he came at me. Better think that over before you tell it to a jury, Ruby. Or they'll have a hard time figuring how a man got shot in the back. All right, Harrington. Let's get him downtown. Now, here is the star of Mr. District Attorney, David Bryan, with a word about the program you have just heard. You probably remember the case very well. Chuck Allenby turned state witness and made a full confession. He is now serving a life term. Ruby Hammer was convicted of murder in the first degree and is serving a life sentence. Now, this is David Bryan inviting you to join us when we present our next case based on the facts of crime from the files of Mr. District Attorney. Mr. District Attorney was originated by Phillips H. Lord. That's Mr. District Attorney from July 11th, 1952, with the case of the Joyride murder, starring David Bryan. Hope you enjoyed that. All right, it's time now for part one of a good comedy on the adventures of Maisie. This stars Ann Southern as Maisie. She played Maisie in the movies as well, and she had a radio show that was syndicated by MGM. So let's go back to September 28th, 1950, for Tag Along Cassidy, this stars Ann Southern. Here's part one of The Adventures of Maisie. 
Butler. Ouch! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie Pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Anne Southern. Now here's Anne Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the man said, Maisie Revere. Just a hard-working girl who wants to get married. It runs in our family, I guess. I come from a long line of married people. And I got me a fellow, too, Eddie Jordan. He lives in my boarding house, Mrs. Kennedy's place, and he's my fiancé. Fiancé. That's French for so what's the hurry about getting married? Eddie works in an insurance office, and his boss says he's dependable, steady, and reliable. So you see, he don't make much money. That's why our entertainment usually consists of such exciting things as sitting in the grass alongside the George Washington Bridge and counting the out-of-town cars. But tonight, Eddie's going to take me out formal. It's sort of a surprise he don't know about it yet. The occasion? Well, it's sort of an anniversary, and... Yeah, who is it? It's, it's me, Maisie, Eddie. I got a surprise for you, honey. On my way home from work, I stopped and got a hamburger for you. Oh, gee, Eddie, then you didn't forget our anniversary. Come in, darling. Maisie, did you say anniversary? Well, certainly, darling. Don't tell me you've forgotten what day this is. Oh, of course not, sweetheart. Happy birthday. Eddie Jordan, it's not my birthday. Today is exactly one year, four months, and eight days since... Since what? Since we first met. Oh, yeah. Well? Well, what? Well, you're taking me to celebrate. To celebrate what? Eddie, you just haven't been listening. To celebrate our anniversary. Or have you already forgotten that today's exactly one year, four months? Okay, okay. Oh. Then you did plan to take me someplace. You just can't keep anything a secret, can you? <laughs> no, I'm a regular blabbermouth. <laughs> uh... Uh, Maisie, where am I? I mean, any place in particular you want to go to celebrate this very important day? Oh, of course not, Eddie. I'll go any place you want to take me, even if it's a nightclub. Uh, nightclub? <gasps> a nightclub? Oh, Eddie, that's a wonderful idea. How did you ever happen to think of it? Oh, it just came to my mind when I wasn't thinking. <laughs> Look, uh, have you picked out any particular nightclub that I've decided to take you to yet? Oh, of course not, darling. This is your night. Your night to have fun. And I'll tag along to any club, even if it's the Ritz Gardens. Oh, the Ritz Gardens? Well, I like that. You do? Oh, so do I. I'll be ready at eight. Gee, Maisie, if you think that... That I'm the kind that wants to talk her fella out of doing what he thinks he owes his fiancée, and she'd be heartbroken if she didn't go, then you're wrong. I'll go right down to the Ritz Gardens and make sure they give us a good table. Oh, mister. Hey, mister. Yes, miss. You wish to speak to me? Yeah. You're the head waiter here at this club, aren't you? If you don't mind, miss, I'm the mater D. Now, there's something you desire. Yes, yeah. Uh, you see, um, I've got a boyfriend, and he don't make much money, so therefore he can't afford to spend very much, can he? 
Your logic is quite refreshing, madam. <laughs> I thought so. Um, that's why I'd like to reserve a ringside table that wouldn't cost too much. Or a nice cheap ringside table. Yeah. It shouldn't be too close to the orchestra and mm -hmm. not too far. Yes. We'd like it close enough to see the whole floor show. Mm -hmm. And we'd prefer it right under a nice romantic palm tree. Naturally, madam. When can you come in for the fitting? Gee, sir, wouldn't you have just a tiny little table someplace? Just for two? Huh? Please? Well, miss, there is one. No, I wouldn't give that table to my own wife. <laughs> oh, well, well, we'll just take anything as long as tonight Eddie and me have each other. Very well, miss. But don't expect too much. As far as the palm tree is concerned. You mean the table's under a palm tree? Well, not exactly under it, more behind it. Oh, but we can see the floor show. Uh, not exactly see it. More, more... Uh, hear it? Yes, but faintly. Well, beggars can't be choosers, I always say. We'll take it. Oh, that's a brave girl. Yeah, and I hope Eddie can walk real fast going to the dance floor. If he don't, by the time he gets there, his tuxedo may be out of style. <laughs> Come in, Mrs. Kennedy. Maisie, I just came up to tell you that this... Yoo-hoo! Mmm, it's the new evening gown I bought, Mrs. Kennedy. I mean, borrowed for tonight. Do you like it? It's shocking. Oh, gee, thanks. Suits my personality, don't you think? I mean, it brings out the real me. Yes, in several places. Uh, I'm wearing it tonight at the Ritz Gardens. Oh, oh, I understand all the cigarette girls there dress sort of undressy like that. <laughs> Takes the customers' minds off the short change, and I imagine. Oh, I'm not working there, Mrs. Kennedy. I'm being taken. Oh, now look, Maisie, honey, I know I'm just your landlady, and it's really none of my business. But you can't trust any of them Broadway playboys. Well, you don't have to worry about this little Broadway playboy, Mrs. Kennedy. Eddie ain't the taking advantage of a girl type. Eddie? Yeah. You can always tell what he's planning to do next. Darn it. You mean Eddie, our... I mean, your Eddie, mm -hmm. is going to spend money on you? Real money? Yeah. And I, I feel a little guilty about it. Well, you know, tricking him into it. The poor guy works like a beaver for what he gets. Maybe I should call the whole thing off, don't you think? I certainly don't think. Oh, well, you mean a girl should have a little excitement in her life, make a few beautiful memories to look back to when she's old and gray? Yes. Ah, oh, Mrs. Kennedy, you have such a convincing way of putting things. Go ahead and have fun while you're young, Maisie. Fun and excitement. Oh, I tell you, there's nothing like a handsome man... Holding you in his arms while the orchestra is playing soft, sweet music. Why, Mrs. Kennedy, don't tell me that some handsome man has ever done that with you. Well, not exactly. That's just a little game I sometimes play with my arteries. <laughs> Maisie, there's nothing like having a friend. Uh, oh, that's it. I almost forgot. What's that? Well, the reason I came up here, you've got a visitor, Maisie, downstairs in the parlor. 
uh, Mildred Cassidy. Millie Cassidy? Why, I haven't seen her in years. I wonder if she's changed. Well, she has beautiful hair. It's red. She's changed. You know, Millie and me went to public school together in Brooklyn. Oh. Of course, I only went as far as the fourth grade, but she stayed till the fifth to complete her education, you know. Gee, I wonder what she wants. Well, she said she just got a job. Oh, she dropped in the Globe, huh? No, it's out of town someplace. She leaves tomorrow. Said she just dropped over to say hello and goodbye. Well, that's a relief. I was afraid maybe she'd try to mooch into my date tonight with Eddie. You mean she invites herself where she's not wanted? Yeah. Back at school, she was known as Tagalong Cassidy. Well, here goes. <laughs> Darling, it's wonderful to see you again. Too bad you can't stay. Oh, but I can, Maisie. My train don't leave till tomorrow. Oh, and I have so much to tell you. What are you doing tonight? Uh, well, Mildred, um, if it were some other night, but tonight... She's got plans. Oh. Ah, it couldn't be anything real important, I'm sure. And, well, tonight I'm not going to have anything on. Well, then why don't you take a bath? Uh-huh. She's a sweet old thing, isn't she? Millie, uh, I'd really like to spend your last night in town with you, but, but tonight I was sort of planning on going to a nightclub. Well, Maisie, honey, don't change your plans on account of me. Oh, then you don't really mind? Of course not, silly. I just love nightclubs. Oh, gee, that's a load off my mind, I'll say. Look, Mildred, it's none of my business. You're so right. Maisie, that gown you have on, I mean, almost have on, you don't have to wear it tonight just for me. But she ain't wearing it for you. She's wearing it for Eddie. A fella? Maisie Revere, don't tell me you got a fella. Well, why not? What am I, a hunk of chopped liver? Oh, and his name is Eddie, huh? Yeah. Gee, I, I don't suppose I'll ever get to meet him. No, I don't suppose. You see, Maisie and him are engaged since a year ago. Yeah, and tonight we're celebrating. He's taken me to the Ritz Gardens. The Ritz Gardens. Oh, gee, Maisie, I've always dreamed about going to the Ritz Gardens. Well, the next time you dream, have a good time. Now, Maisie, honey, you've got to finish dressing. Yeah, well, um, goodbye, Mildred. I'm awfully sorry about tonight. Oh, that, that's all right, Maisie. Don't worry about me. I'll just go home and stare at the wallpaper. Maybe I'll try on my new evening gown that I never got to wear. And, and don't you even give a second thought that the only friend I wanted to visit with on my last night in town with you. Just go. Go and have a marvelous time. Well, look, Mildred, I, I'd really love to have you join Eddie and me. You would, Swell. I'll meet you there so long. But, Mildred, I didn't mean... Oh, gosh, it's too late. She's gone. Oh, now poor Eddie has an extra face to feed. Maisie, when he finds out you've invited that schlump along, Eddie is going to hit the ceiling. Yeah, and two to one, he's going to hit it with me. Let's take a break from the adventures of Maisie. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. 
Next time, we'll have the conclusion to the adventures of Maisie from 1950 then. It's the premiere episode of the Hollywood Star Playhouse starring Barbara Stanwyck in I'm a Coward from 1951. You won't want to miss that. We'll see you then. <laughs>